When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, this is the Rich Eisen Show, live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Thank goodness we're at the end of this hour that I'm not now going to turn to the schedule and play the win-loss game for the Jets. The Rich Eisen Show. Because it'd be 17 and 0. (laughs) Earlier on the show, from the HBO drama Barry, Emmy Award-winning actor Henry Winkler. Coming up, NFL Network reporter Tom Pelissero, basketball Hall of Famer Grant Hill, Legendary comedian Tom Dreesen. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh my gosh, we just had maybe one of the greatest hours in the history of this show when Henry Winkler stopped by and told amazing stories from Happy Days and amazing stories from Barry and his entire career, Night Shift. A, a terrific celebrity, true or false. If you missed it, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. It will all be on there. And, uh, uh, I've uh, already instructed uh, one of the best in the business who handles our digital component of this program, as well as so much that you see on the screen on NBC Sports on Peacock, uh, especially that uh, terrific celebrity true or false segment he produced. Sean Mitchell, I already told him, remove the the, the beeps uh, from, from all that. Henry Winkler just dropped an F-bomb here, and I'm, and I'm proud <laughs> to say that it was on the Rich Eisen Show. And it was in reference to Jump the Shark. Oh, my gosh. So there's that. John Hine just got uh, Winkler shrapnel. He just hit. He just hit John with the Hine, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. Okay. We also left out the part of him talking about the art, the acting coach trying to sell his art to people without yeah, a that's, job. Yeah, that's an a-hole. <laughs> that's an a-hole. They <laughs> dropped that too. So uh, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Great job, Smitch and Hoskins and, and Jordan Sherrow and our entire team here on the Rich Eisen Show that puts uh, stuff on the screen for you on NBC Sports on Peacock. We say hello to our terrestrial radio audience and our terrestrial, uh, as our Sirius XM audience on Channel 85 as well and those listening on Odyssey. Grant Hill's going to join us in the middle of this yeah. hour. He's got a new book. There it is in my hand. Uh, it's called Game, an autobiography. So he's called Game or he's got Game. I mean, I, I do like uh, books with uh, titles that you can read into. Um, and um, so Grant Hill's going to join us. Game four of the NBA Finals is tonight. Lots to talk about with the uh, Basketball Hall of Famer. Uh, hour number three, uh, uh, another legend from uh, way back in the day all the way to this day, the uh, legendary comedian Tom Dreesen is going to be on this program. Um, he's going to be here in hour number three. But joining us right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vance phone line, let's talk a little bit of football with uh, organized team activities, mandatory style, uh, happening this week. Next week as well, as stars of the game are appearing in front of microphones for the first time in a long time. So there's lots to talk about with my colleague from the NFL media group, Tom Pelissero, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Tom? Speaking of jumping the shark, that was a great lead-in to me. We had the Fonz last hour. He regaled us with stories from Happy Days. Now here's the guy who tweets about Hunter Renfro extensions. I'll take what I can get. I'll do it here, but that is a really hard act. Well, also, Tom, you have similar hair. To, you have similar hair to the Fonz. Let's that's, put it that way. True. Okay, you're you, you've got that. You've got it working. I don't know if you're riding a, a motorcycle you that Steve McQueen wants. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you got a leather jacket, Tom. You got one of those. That's been brought up with my wife before, and she always makes that face like, yeah, just don't even try it. Yeah, don't even try. You can't pull that off. 
So, uh, Tom, let's let, let's then figuratively stay in your lane. Um, let's let's jump right into it here. The, the question I get from so many people, uh, I attempted to ask it of Les Snead, um, and I'm now going to ask it to you because uh, I, I know you know, uh, you know, uh, crossed T's and dotted I's and things of that nature on contracts. How are the Rams able to do what they are doing by paying significantly and enriching uh, with with market value contracts and other cases above market value contracts for their stars and keep it all under the cap? Tom. Rich, I would start with the fundamentals of the salary cap are that every dollar you spend hits the cap eventually. It is always a one-to-one ratio. It is a matter of how you account for that money. And there are certainly mechanisms and always have been to push your cash dollars now into future cap dollars. In other words, a very simple way to explain it, if you give somebody a $20 million signing bonus, that doesn't count $20 million on this year's cap. That counts over a five-year contract, four, 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 four. So you're able to count those into future years. So it's always possible to spend more cash than the cap space that you have at any given moment. But there is no such thing as cap magic, again, because those dollars you spend are going to uh, come back eventually. We've seen it with teams like the Saints, who people talk about, well, they just keep rolling it and rolling it and rolling it. Well, this season on their cap, they're counting Drew Brees for $11.5 million. They're counting Teron Armstead for $12.8 million. That's a couple of pretty good players that you could be able to sign, but you can't because you devoted those cash dollars years ago, and now those players are no longer on your team, so the cap counts now. In terms of the Rams, I, I do find it entertaining that people are shocked that they could find a way to retain the offensive and defensive players of the year. Those were free, and those were you know contracts that they just uh, conceptualized in the past week here. Go back to March. They traded away Robert Woods to gain cap space. They did not opt to up their offer one more time for Von Miller, and he leaves for Buffalo. That's also driven by keeping your cap healthy. If there were no salary cap, Odell Beckham Jr. would probably – already have assigned for the Rams. And just the other day, when they re-signed Cooper Cup, they cut the guy who had the interception in the NFC Championship game. And those are all cap-related decisions. What you're trying to do always in the NFL is balance what you're trying to accomplish now with what you're trying to accomplish in the future, which is why, if you go into the details on the Cooper Cup contract, they didn't even lower his salary as much as they could have. They could have saved an extra $8 million, but they wanted to keep – both the Cup and Aaron Donald cap numbers this year relatively flat because that's how they had had it budgeted. They've got a window right now. They're coming off a Super Bowl win. They're going to do what it takes to be able to retain their core players, but they did let some other guys walk out of the building. The only way that you get yourself out of that cycle of restructuring contracts, pushing those cap dollars in the future, at some point is to not spend cash. The teams that have mountains of cap space year after year at some point, just didn't spend money. That's how they have it. They had to tank out. That's not what teams do when they're in a a position to contend. That's why the Saints for years pushed it the way they did, and that's why the Rams are approaching their 
cap decisions and their contract decisions the way they are right now. Well, when I asked this question of Les Snead the other day, Tom, the day after he gave uh, Donald the contract that he gave him, and again, uh, I've been at this almost 20 years with the NFL. I don't remember a contract given to somebody that uh, doesn't add years, just adds dollars. But again, he's a unicorn. Uh, and then the day before Cup signed is when he was on this program. So I asked him that, and he mentioned the player Greg Gaines, who was a fourth-round pick in 2019, uh, and how significant a contribution he gives to the team. And he's just like, that's the types of guys that we draft. We don't F all the picks. You know, that's how we do that. So we got those guys, and so we can pay the other guys. But he kept on mentioning over and over again the window we have, doing it in the window that we have. And I asked him about the window that he has, and of course he's not going to mention on the air, well, it's, you know, the credit card bill's coming due this year. You might know that. What is the window you think the Rams have based on the way that they are uh, correctly and appropriately and smartly building a team to win and keep winning right now? We've got a veteran quarterback in Matthew Stafford who they also just extended. Right. If you look at Aaron Donald's contract details, it sure looks like this is a, okay, Aaron, please give us two more years. That's what we need. That's how they seem to be approaching is within a two-year window. But, again, it's not as if the window then slams shut. Right. Maybe you don't have Aaron Donald anymore, but you've still got really good players in Cooper Cup. We've seen quarterbacks play for a long, long time, and you wonder if Matthew Stafford continues to improve as he did over the course of the last season and, and played his best uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs. He may decide that he's willing to keep playing. You have to consider Sean McVay as a part of this, too. There is no salary cap for coaches, so ultimately he's going to end up getting paid more money than probably any coach in NFL history with the exception of possibly uh, Bill Belichick. It's a matter of how long you can keep that entire group together. There's something sexy about the Rams right now, too, where you know you do at times get players to maybe take a little bit less. I don't know what Bobby Wagner might have been offered elsewhere, um, you know, but he lands there for a reason. Allen Robinson had another strong offer. He had like four teams involved. He ends up choosing the Rams because he saw an opportunity to go there and produce and make more money for himself in the big picture. That's always kind of the product uh, of winning, you know, but in terms of their window, yeah, they're going forward over the next couple of years here. But again, to go back to the way that they even structured the cup and the Donald deals, they are striking that balance between now and in the future with regard to the draft picks. You know, everybody always says the reason that a lot of GMs are reluctant to trade away, particularly their first-round picks, their high picks, is because that's your young, cost-controlled workforce. But when you opt to do what the Rams have done and trade those picks away to get a Jalen Ramsey or to get a Matthew Stafford, remember, that's also dollars you're not spending on those rookies that maybe you can take with, hey, our first-round pick this year, it would have been not that far off from the money we're paying Bobby Wagner. We'll pay Bobby Wagner right now and let somebody else uh, develop those players while we're trying to go and win another Super Bowl. Tom Pelissero, my colleague from the NFL Network, NFL Media Group here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's turn the page to next week. Brown's mandatory camp. So uh, Deshaun Watson will, of course, be there. He's He's uh, been uh, bestowed that uh, uh, record-setting, enriching contract. But now there's 24 civil lawsuits against him. And uh, the New York Times report could not have been any uglier in terms of uh, what his past behavior has been. And so the question is, is what is the latest on the league maneuvering to potentially keep him off the field in time for next week? Is that a possibility? What are you hearing right now, Tom? 
from a process standpoint, Rich, the way that works is Lisa Friel and the investigative team do all their research, their interviews, the evidence gathering to the extent that they can, because of course they don't, the league doesn't have subpoena power, they're not the courts, and then turn over that information. In the past, it would have been to Roger Goodell. Now, under the 2020 CBA, which really has not applied in a case like this, Article 46 um, bestowed the power of personal conduct discipline upon a jointly appointed arbitrator and not on Roger Goodell for the initial disciplinary decision. So now Freel will turn over that information, uh, again, just from a process perspective, this is for all cases, to an arbitrator who would make a disciplinary decision barring some type of settlement that potentially could be reached uh, in advance of that. But My that's but that's is, but that's for the season and I uh, that's for the season Tom. I'm talking about there's a commissioner's exempt list that that has been used on players before uh, matters like the one that you're discussing uh have been right. have the been solved. List, right, the exempt list there's two ways you can apply the exempt list. One is if you have um, a felony charge or a crime of violence um, that you are charged with. In this case, Deshaun Watson has not been criminally charged. The second version is if the evidence leads the commissioner to believe that such an act or such a violation of the personal conduct policy uh, may have occurred. So it would be unwise, uh, to say the least, for me to speculate on uh, what, if any, evidence the league uh, has collected that might um, push them to use the commissioner's exemplus on Deshaun Watson. Let's remember that they did not use it last year, despite whatever speculation occurred. That was a Houston Texans decision to wait it out and to, and they hoped it actually came through, have the criminal cases resolved and then be able to get maximum compensation. But you still have the 24 civil cases, um, you know, that are persisting here. In the past, when you look at all the players who have been placed on the commissioner's exemplus, whether that's Adrian Peterson, Greg Hardy, Josh Brown, Ruben Foster, um, DeAndre Baker, Quentin Dunbar, Cody Latimer, they've all been charged. The only exception in a higher-profile case that jumps out at me was Kareem Hunt, who, of course, was on video that was widely circulated, uh, punching and kicking a woman, uh, which made that a fairly, again, to go to the second uh, criteria, that's a fairly obvious, a violation of personal conduct policy may have occurred. There's not a precedent for using the exempt list with civil matters, but there's also not a precedent for one of your highest profile players being accused by uh, 24 different women in civil lawsuits, plus additional women um, in the criminal cases that did not ultimately yield a charge, as well as other women who have spoken to various media outlets. There's no precedent for any of this. And that's one of the difficult um, pieces of this when it comes to an exemplist decision or an eventual disciplinary decision. Um, we've not seen, you know, anything close to everyone keeps bringing up the Trevor Bauer comparison to Major League Baseball. There's never been a two-year, that type of personal conduct suspension. But again, this is a, a rare case. And because the arbitrator, not the commissioner, is now under the CBA responsible for making that initial disciplinary decision, you know, people I've talked to who are very familiar with the inner workings of these uh, processes say there is an element of the unknown of exactly where that person is going to land in terms of discipline, if any, uh, for Deshaun Watson. Well, Baker Mayfield, uh, last one before for you before I let you go. Baker Mayfield has been already excused for, for next week. Makes complete sense. But, again, I don't understand why he's still on the roster. Is he still there as 
Watson suspension insurance? Could that be possible? I, I, I don't think there's any way to put the Mayfield genie back in the bottle in Cleveland, but uh, I'm not in the front office with any thoughts uh, or, or have a window into their thinking. I wonder if you do. What do you have for me on that? I would say until the day that Baker Mayfield is not a member of the Browns, any scenario is possible, but Baker Mayfield has made it abundantly clear to the Browns since before uh, even they had made the trade for Deshaun Watson that he does not want to be in Cleveland, that he felt like he was misled, to say the least, by members of the organization with regard to his future. He does not intend to play there again. And if the Browns are thinking about this realistically, I, I would fairly tell you that they probably are not under any illusions of how easy it would be to mend that fence. Now, if you got to the point that Deshaun Watson were suspended for a season or more, there is a case to be made, at least from an intellectual standpoint, that Baker Mayfield's best chance to revive his career and his earning power is to play one year with the Cleveland Browns as opposed to one year with the Carolina Panthers or the Seattle Seahawks or whatever team he potentially could go to because the Browns are pretty talented. they got a couple of really good running backs. They traded for Amari Cooper. Um, they've got playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They're a team that's really built to win. But, you know, those are, I would say, at this point, still long shot types of possibilities. It's just there's so many moving pieces right now between the Deshaun Watson situation and the Baker Mayfield situation. I would, Rich, I would tell you this. I'm not big into making predictions. If I'm predicting right now, I would certainly not anticipate Baker Mayfield is still on the roster come the start of training camp. But again, as long as he is still on the roster, which he is as of this moment on June 10th, you just can't rule anything out. Tom, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Um, Let's connect uh, during the summer, if not before the end of this month. I've got lots more questions. Thanks for the time. You got it, Rich. That's Tom Pelissero. At Tom Pelissero on Twitter, a must follow. You must follow. I follow him. You should as well. Let's take a break uh, so we're remotely on time for our next guest, Grant Hill, calling and talk about his new autobiography called Game and the Basketball Hall of Famer on tonight's Game 4 and what he thinks has gone on through the first three games between the Warriors and Celtics when we come back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and 
and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Network, along with Peacock, Sirius XM 85, and Odyssey. Uh, thrilled to have back here on the show basketball Hall of Famer and Hall of Fame individual and a part owner of the uh, Atlanta Hawks as well. He's got a good piece of a major franchise in the uh, in the association, which helped him uh, get into the Hall of Fame, along with his incredible career at Duke. And I love his broadcasting, uh, along with Nance and uh, the great Bill Raftery uh, on the Turner family of networks and CBS for college basketball game and autobiography where all books are sold. Grant Hill back here on the Rich Eisen show. How you doing, Grant? Hey, Rich, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for those uh, kind words true. Too, in your intro. These are all facts. These are all facts. I would have given them, uh, you know, just so you could ask me to uh, give you a testimonial on the back of your book, but you, I, you, you, you went up the flow chart to be very honest with you. The people that you got here on the back magic, Coach K, Adam Silver, I get it. I get it, Grant. <laughs> I totally get it, you know? Hey, hey Rich, I'll tell you, my next game, uh, excuse me, my next book, More Game, uh, I'll, I'll get a blurb from, from you. Are you sure? That. Are you sure? Because, you know, are, can you get it from a Michigan guy, Grant? Is that possible? <laughs> Is that a possibility? I mean, we can, all, we can all coexist, you know. I think so. Okay. Well, because you don't have a problem with Michigan as much as Michigan has a problem with Duke. Right, Grant? No, you, no I, you know, look, Michigan, and they talk about it in the book. Michigan's one of the five schools that that uh, oh that were on my list. Oh. I was a big Sean Higgins fan, and uh, actually made a, a visit to uh, University of Michigan the week the weekend after they won the Final Four. So you met with Steve Fisher? Is that who was on? Uh, or in your initial, I guess your initial contact might have been with Bill Frieder, pretty much back yeah, in that day. So, yeah, the, the, it wasn't. Who was there? Was another gentleman who was recruiting me. Um, but they won. Was it the guy with? Junior. Was it was it the guy with the cake box, Grant? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. There you okay, go. all right. Um, no, nah, but uh, but I went up there the weekend after, and um, I was a junior in high school. Yes. And uh, I was when I made my visit to Duke later that year. I guess mm. right at the beginning of my senior year. Uh, the following weekend, I was supposed to go up to Michigan, and um, that was the weekend that Michigan played Notre Dame. And Rocket Ismail uh, had a coming out party, and um, and so my dad, you know, wanted me to wait one more week before I made a decision, so he could go and be on the sidelines with Bo uh, at the Michigan game. And uh, I think I broke his heart by saying, "No, I'm ready to commit to Duke right now." Oh man! So you know who was on the uh, 50 yard line in the press box covering that game is his first uh, day on the Michigan football beat for the school newspaper, the Michigan Daily. That would be me on that day, oh. Grant. Oh wow! Yes, sir. Mm. We're we're both old is basically what I'm saying, Grant. You know, that, that is true. But that you, is true. But you are aging much more gracefully than I am. Uh, congrats on this book. Um, why do it, Grant? What what, uh, what led you to putting it all between two covers for you? Great question, Rich. You, you know, for me, it started really with the Hall of Fame uh, enshrinement back in 2018. Uh, the lead up to that moment 
you know, you're naturally going to be reflective and you're going to look back and look in the rearview mirror and sort of just take in the totality of, of your career. And, uh, and so, you know, I think that ultimately led to, you know, kind of right before COVID, um, this idea, okay, let's go forward with this and let's do it. And, um, and so that's what sort of lit the spark, if you will. And, um, you know, it was a, a really interesting, really exciting uh, exercise of going through and kind of going back, looking at your life, looking at it from a different lens, trying to live in certain moments and recall certain things certainly was uh, quite quite the process. Okay, Grant Hill, Basketball Hall of Famer, his book Game and Autobiography here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. So um, was uh, getting a piece of an NBA team uh, always the goal when you were going through your playing career? Because we're, we're, we're already hearing LeBron talk about maybe getting a team in Vegas once it's all said and done, and he certainly is building the capital for such a thing right now, to say the least. Was that always a, a goal for you while you were playing, Grant? Yeah, you know, my, my dad tried uh, unsuccessfully uh, back in the mid-'80s. To, you know, he was with a group to try to buy the Patriots, um, went through it with the Washington Bullets, then now the Wizards. Um, and then in the late '90s, when the when the when the uh, the Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Baltimore Ravens, the NFL awarded a franchise, and so uh, he had a group that he was a part of that tried to win that, and, and of course they lost out. So I say all that to say that like I, the idea of ownership, you know, was was at least the the, the the idea was planted, the seed was planted when I was in college, and and just the possibility. And so when I got to Detroit, um, you know, I, I signed a big contract and, you know, I, I looked at Mr. Davidson, who was a great man and was the owner of the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Like, man, this man pays me this contract, <laughs> you know? And, and so he and I became friends and really just learned a lot from him, picked his brain, tried to understand why he was successful and, and had a really, really good friendship with him. But, you know, even then I was thinking, okay, one day I want to, I'd like to own a team. And, um, you know, thankfully, the opportunity presented itself two years after I retired. I retired in 2013, and then, you know, the Hawks came up for sale. And uh, I talk about in the book sort of the process and engaging with Tony Ressler and what that was like. Um, And even going back to the Clippers, I was a part of, you know, Tony and I, along with another gentleman, tried unsuccessfully to buy the Clippers in 2014. So, you know, get a little bit into that and uh, and what that process was like and how crazy and wild and exciting uh, it all was. And I played a soundbite from Troy Young the other day, uh, Troy uh, Trey Young the other day, um, Grant, um, about his response to hearing the F word from Knicks fans <laughs> during the playoffs and how he likes to shut him up. And I, I assume you heard um, what Clay Thompson had to say about the Celtics fans when it was brought up to him. It's not like he had an agenda when he got out there for his post-game um, press conference after game three, and what, what you were like uh, on the road and hearing a, hearing it from the crowd, Grant, your two cents on that subject that's out there in the NBA Finals conversation right now. Well, you know, there there's a code of conduct that is uh, expected and required. And, you know, look, when I played in the 90s, you know, crowd said whatever and players <laughs> said things with, to the crowd, you know, and I'm 
part to blame. It, it, you know, at times, you know, I said some things that I'm not very proud of. But, huh. you know, I think now with, 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 you know, technology and cell phones and, you know, everybody's being watched, we, we expect and demand that the players, you know, not re- react and respond a certain way uh, and are fined and penalized if and when they do. Um, you know, look, I think you can boo. I think you can, you know, all of that. But when you start, you know, going over the board, I think that's, you know, we, we, we should, you know, held our, held, hold ourselves as fans um, to the same standard that we demand from players. And so, um, but, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to penalize and hold an entire building accountable. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, I, I, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the bottom line is the, the fans don't win the games. It's the players and the play, what they do on the court. And if players are too busy and too worried about that, then you know the fans have won. Yeah. And, um, so you got to you got to tune it out and go out, and focus, and concentrate on trying to get the job done. What are your thoughts prior to Game Four? What you've seen through the first games uh, of these NBA Finals, and how you think it's going to play out, Grant Hill? Rich, I, you know it's interesting. I, I I don't know. I mean, I really I, I think Golden State has shown that they can bounce back. They, they have the institutional knowledge. I mean, they lost in the second round to Memphis after losing. They were on the road. They lost by 50 points and still came back and not only won the next game, I think won the series. Um, so, the, you know, Clay played well. He shot well. Steph's been really good. Uh, they have to get off to a better start. At times, Boston has struggled at home throughout the playoffs. Uh, but Boston has looked really good, particularly at home in, in game three. I don't know who wins, but I will say this. Whoever wins game four is going to win the series. Really? So you're laying that much on the line uh, on Friday night? Yeah, I think if Golden State wins, they tie it up. I think they go back and, um, you know, they win game five and, and, and they're, they're in pole position. Uh, and I think, you know, conversely, if Boston wins up 3-1, uh, they've done well on the road throughout the playoffs. They've closed out, you know, some games on the road or at least – had some must-win games on the road uh, in these playoffs. And so uh, I think they'll have, you know, three games to win one. And uh, so I think this is a big game. I think I think whoever wins game four, kind of bold to put it out there, mm-hmm. but uh, I think whoever wins game four wins the series. Grant Hill, uh, Basketball Hall of Famer, his book, Game, and Autobiography. We'll talk a little bit more about that before we send him on his Friday right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do you think's going through LeBron's mind right now with the roster currently the way it is? Darvin Ham, uh, former Piston, um, and now his new head coach, and uh, LeBron turning 38 this December. What do you think's going through that the GOAT's mind right now, Grant Hill? Well, you know, I think, I think for him, obviously it's difficult to sit at home and, and, and not play. And, um, you know, he, he hasn't you know, been in that situation maybe only two other times, I think, throughout his career where he's not in the postseason. Uh, I think his first year, and then I think um, back in, uh, I think it was 2019, um, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. You know, I'm mindful that um, the last time it happened, he they, they went and won the championship. And um, so I think, first of all, just getting that rest and letting his body heal up and, you know, particularly as he's getting older, I think that'll really charge him up, um, you know, and, and, and he'll be ready to go and tackle this season. I think overall health is going to be important. You know, we haven't seen the best of Anthony Davis really since the bubble. 
And um, I didn't think he was great last, you know, the year before last, and obviously limped into the postseason. And then this last season, he wasn't right at all. So the extra rest, um, you know, should should really help in his preparation. And then, you know, I anticipate them making a few roster changes, maybe some other shooters they can, you know, have around those guys to complement them. But I like Darvin Ham. He was an assistant coach with the with the Hawks, so we had him in Atlanta with Coach Bud. You know, he's he's smart, he's credible, um, he's no nonsense, and uh, I think guys respect him because he played. And so I'm excited to see. I know I know LeBron is right now. Um, you know, super motivated, and um, you know this. This is the end is near. You know, and so this this could be his last you know opportunity to really go for it and contend and you know attempt to try to get that fifth ring. So it, it should be a, an exciting season. I know I know LeBron is doing everything possible to get himself prepared for for him. Hopefully, a, a title run. All right, Grant Hill, uh, I'm looking through the index of your new uh, autobiography game, okay? And uh, it's time for story time. Uh, and I, I'm just seeing some of the names here. Uh, one of them is Staubach, comma, Roger. Your dad, Calvin, played for the Cowboys. You're for, and, and it is true, Staubach was the one who suggested to your dad to name you Grant, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken. He, he has taken yeah. credit for that. That is a, that is a true story. Right. It is. Okay. It is. All right. Um, I was baby boy Hill for three days. Uh, clearly, my parents were expecting a girl. And, uh, and um, needless to say, I was not a girl. So, you know, my dad, yeah. you know, um, you know, I think he, he, you know, just the excitement of everything. And, you know, my dad, doesn't, you know, it takes a minute to make a decision. And so um, the Starback um, suggested Grant, which is my paternal grandmother's mm. maiden name. And um, it sounds better than Baby Boy Hill. Although in this day and age, I might have been able to market Baby Boy Hill. (laughs) You could have had a different career. No question about that. So what's your your first football memory, Grant? What do you got? You know, I I remember, you know, my dad left the Cowboys and went to the World Football League back in the 70s. And uh, so that was probably, I was probably around three course the league folded because it was paying players too much um but i remember like being in the arena or excuse me in the in the in the, in the stadium and watching the games and and watching really everything but the game i might have been like two or three years old um but when i really started to kind of like take it all in was when he came uh went to the to the redskins after leaving hawaii and you know four or five years of age um, that was when, you know, going to the to the practice facility and, you know, Joe Theismann and, and Charlie Taylor and guys like that. And, you know, so I was, you know, kind of growing up in the locker room, was always around those guys and, um, you know, go in the locker room, you know, after games and just taking in the spectacle of the NFL back at that time. And so I don't remember the Dallas years, but certainly a little bit of Hawaii and a lot in Washington. And then, of course, Cleveland, where he, he finished his career off. Love it. Uh, another name, Jordan, Michael. What's your favorite story involving him, Grant? Um, <laughs> Jordan, Michael. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, I'm reading from the index. I read from left to right. Yeah, no, I'm trying. I, I've had a lot of interactions, obviously, even before I got to the NBA. Um. I think really my first, you know, time really meeting Michael Jordan 
was when he was playing on the Dream Team, and I was on the College Select Team. And um, the first day we played, I was matched up against him. And, um, you know, he's calling me Dookie. And I'm trying to deny him the ball. And he's like, man, I can get the ball whenever I want. And, uh, and so that was, uh, that was a memorable experience. And we beat him. And uh, we, we, the college players, beat the Olympic team in the first day of scrimmages. Uh, now, they came back and beat us the next two or three days. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get the ball over half court. But to be around Michael, to hang out with him, he was really uh, nice and generous to all of us. And uh, it was just a memorable experience and um, a lot of fun. He, would, he didn't happen to reach out to you after a certain um, uh, Cameron Indoor regular season finale and Final Four game that you, uh, uh, you might have called, Grant. Did he, did he reach out to you in any way? Stri- no, he didn't reach out, but mm-hmm. I saw him in – Cleveland at the NBA 75 yes, yes. and as they were coming off and in the back in the hallway he came up to me and uh, Duke we had just beat them mm. in Carolina and blew them out and, uh, and you know we blew them out maybe a couple maybe a week before yes so I was talking all types of trash you were and uh, I was in his face and I was like oh man like you know you know it's I mean you know I'm, I'm giving it to him, and he's like, "Man, you weren't talking trash when, when you know, when we were good." I said, "Yes, I was. I was talking trash when we, because when you guys were good, we were good too, you know." And uh, and so we were going back and forth in the in the in the hallway, and so that that rivalry, uh, although there's a an incredible respect, a mutual respect. Mm. Um, we, we, we definitely like to talk trash. Well, some friendly advice. I would, I would try to avoid Michael in the uh, coming days, if not months, if not years, after the last uh, several <laughs> games between the two of your schools, Grant. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I'd avoid I, him. I, I, that was tough. That was mm-hmm. – uh, the, the home game was, was one thing, the last home game for Coach K. But, you know, the Final Four, like that was, you know – to lose to them like that, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever be able to live that down. <laughs> and you were at the mic. Your professionalism was fantastic, Grant. Big time. Yeah, yeah I was Big faking time. it. Yes, I was definitely doing that. Big time. Uh, I was, you know, you know look, I, I, I've known Hubert. Since, I've known Hubert I'm before sure. either one of us were in college. And uh, I was happy, you know, I was happy for him. And look, I'll say this. In all seriousness, college basketball is at its best, in my opinion, when Duke and North Carolina are really good. Oh, yeah. And when you replace a legend like Roy Williams, there's always concern. But Hubert having the season he had, getting to the final championship game, almost coming close to winning it, you know, Carolina is going to be relevant for, for quite some time. And now we're trying to do the same as Coach K leaves and John Shire's coming in. And uh, But I'm, I'm hopeful that'll happen, and I love the rivalry. Uh, and I love it more when we beat them, which I intend to do next year. <sighs> well, I guess uh, one last one for you in the remaining time I have with you, Grant Hill, from your index, Raftery, comma, Bill. Give me my, give me your best one, man. Give me your best Raft story, please. You got one? You must. Well, I mean, most of the stories are, are around, you know, last call or <laughs> bar or something along those lines. I mean, I, I, I love I just, it. I don't, I can't believe that, you know, one, that he can, you know, hang out and, and partake like he does. <laughs> but the next day, he is like, I mean, he gets up and the next day he's full of energy. And I'm dragging. 
and you know I'm half his age or almost half his age and like we're getting up and we're going to practice at 8 a.m. and he's just buzzing around like he had 12 hours of sleep and it's just like he just I mean and and literally like he just goes and goes and goes and you drink with him Mm. and you're like you know you're sitting there you're like you know my my glass was just it was almost empty but now it's full and and so you you know you take a few sips and you drink and then it's full again and you're thinking to yourself have I drank that much where I can't determine? But he's constantly, I mean, he, he's constantly reloading, and he's doing it so slick and so sly. Um, and so, but he, he's, he's so it. much fun. And um, I just have to rest up for 11 months to get ready for <laughs> March. Well, you, he, and Nance are terrific. You, you, guys are, you, guys are all, you're, you guys are all great together. All right, I got one last one for you. Patrick, okay. comma, Dan. When I got to SportsCenter, one of the best SportsCenter commercials that had already been on the air was uh, you in the lobby. And when I first walked into the lobby of ESPN as a young 26-year-old kid, I'm like, this is the place where Grant Hill played the piano. And yeah. um, wh- what was what, what's the backstory behind this one, Grant? You got so it's one? an interesting backstory. Please. So um, I just finished my first year in the NBA, and I remember my agents were saying, look, you know, ESPN wants you to go to Bristol to tape this commercial. And you got to understand, like, I was a part of the very first batch of ESPN commercials. Yeah, I remember. Which, you know, are legendary. And you've you know, yeah. been in them, and obviously everyone's aware of them. And, you know, it's like, when they were asked, it was like, commercial? Like, I, I, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> They're like, yeah, ESPN wants to do a commercial. I'm like, like you know, nowadays, any athlete or any individual that's asked to do it, you you know what it is, and you're on it, because like, you know they're good, they're creative, they're funny, uh, and they'll be all splattered all over the network for, you know, for quite some time. So I, I, I almost turned it down. Like I said, I, it, commercial, like it, just, it didn't make any sense. And so literally, I was there, I think it was Dan Patrick and Craig Kilborn. I think Kilborn was there. And I might have been like we might have it might have it might have been five minutes that we recorded that. I came in, I had my jersey on, we sat down, and I didn't even play anything. They just acted like I played. Right. And and we did it. We taped it maybe two times, and that was it. And uh, I was back to Hartford and flew out. I mean, literally, it was like I might have been on campus for all of 15 minutes. No kidding, because I, I, it's just great. Because you know, Dan was down, bad show, and then you played like you know, charge. You know, dun, 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 and you just kind of got, you know, a little bit more peppy, and then put some money in your jar. Brilliant, just so funny. And they added oh, that later. Classic, classic, classic. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tweet that out. I just found it. Please go ahead. It's it's brilliant. Hey, Grant, thanks for the time. Congrats on the book. Let's do it again. Um, And uh, certainly since, um, you know, at least I'd like an index uh, mention uh, the next time you have a book. So let's let's create some memories, the two of us, over the next several years. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm all for it. Look for my call, Grant. Thanks again. Congrats on the book, and you be well. All right, you too. Thank you. Got you. Got anytime. Grant Hill, game and autobiography where all books are sold. All right, when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen Show, TJ's big ass grab bag, including a little reference to our first hour guest, the great Henry Winkler. Don't go anywhere. Back with that in a moment. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. All right, let's get to it. Uh, There is a hard out at the end of the hour, but I know TJ Jefferson can do this because he's just as cool as the list. As he's about to do, and he's as cool as the other side of the pillow. It's time for TJ Jefferson's Top 5. Big ass grab bag. Hit it, TJ Jefferson. Go for it. All right, kaboom. Guess who stepped in the room like we always do at this time? Fellas. We had the great Henry Winkler in our midst. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we did. Thanks to our fellas at home, I had a completely different idea for this top five, but I switched it up real quick. Uh-oh. And as I dug in the big ass grab bag, you know, in honor of Henry Winkler, I decided to pull out TJ's top five coolest TV characters. Now, I want you guys to understand how impossible this is, right? There are so many cool cats on television. It's really hard to narrow them down to five. But I did my best, and here we go. Coming in at number five, this guy lives on a 200-acre estate in a guest house in Hawaii. He's got an ill mustache. He drives a Ferrari. He gets all the chicks, and he solves cases. That's a good one. That's Magnum P.I. Yeah. 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 Can you be the Thomas Magnum, right? Like, this dude name. is just, you know, going around Hawaii. All the girls love him. He's good looking. And again, the mustache and the Ferrari. The dimples. Don't forget the, the dimples. You know, and it's just Magnum. He was short cool. Shorts. And, oh, yeah. And the short, yeah. A lot yeah, of thigh meat. Yeah. He even made Higgins look cool. And you know, you know, I'm opposed to that much thigh meat, but it was the 80s and it was Magnum, so of course he could get away with it. Uh, coming at number four, Mike Del Tufo. You'd probably say that working in radio is one of the cooler jobs to have, right? Yes. Okay, so you work, you work in radio, you got a great nickname, and you dress real fly. That puts you on my list. And this guy is, we're going to go to Cincinnati. Venus? WKRP in oh, Cincinnati. Uh, yes. Venus Flytrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Tim man. Tim Reed, everybody. I mean, Tim, Tim Reed, the great Tim it, Reed. The name alone, Venus Flytrap, gets one, you TJ. on this list. And, nice. You know, and I would always do like my radio voice trying to be like Venus. Yeah, but guess what? Great. You can't be like Venus. We're not that cool. All right. I'm doing this thing that Brockman hates, but once I say this, he'll get why I had to do it. I'm going to put two people here. How can you separate two guys who live in Miami, who dress like bosses, and who who drive ill cars, and they solve cases? I get it. Crockett and Tubbs. Sonny Crockett, Ricardo Tubbs. 
which, by the way, she could have been number one on this list because the, the whole world in the 80s look was them. dressing like these guys. Look at, I mean, look look at, at these two. Philip Michael Thomas. Cars. The Don boats, Johnson. The, just, well the epitome Miami. of cool, right, Mike? Yeah. Oh, Miami. The, 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 the soundtrack. Who did the Don Henley? Was he the... No, the, no, no, no. Jan Hammer. John Hammer. Okay. <laughs> we got your back, TJ. Wow. Yeah, we got you. That's why I go to Del Tube over this. All right, coming in at number two, right? This guy was mad cool. He was a former athlete. And then once his athletic career kind of went side, he decided he was going to head to a, a new vocation, which would keep him around people. And he wanted to make sure everybody knew his name whenever he was at his place of business. That's Ted dancing to Sam Malone. Sam Malone. Yeah. It's cool. yeah. Sam Malone yeah. from Cheers, man. Sam he owned his own Runs bar. Again, cool. good looking guy. Got the girls. It just it, Cheers was the spot. It's where you wanted to be. It's the where you, you needed would to be. Sashay to the tap, oh, yeah. and, and you know, like he would. He had like that sashay movie. He had like the Collinsworth slide down yeah. pat as he went to the tap. Yeah. You know? Come on. And yeah. I can't even remember how good Sam Malone was at baseball. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was pretty good right before yeah. he got injured. Average reliever, I think. Yeah, hey, I like know. the guy who gave up the home run of Velasquez last night. What else you got over there? What's number right, one? Coming at number one, I usually oh. like to try to put some type of drama or suspense in this. There ain't no drama. There ain't no suspense. He was right here. He had a black leather jacket. Yeah. He oh, could yeah. turn yeah. on a jukebox simply by punching it. He rolled with <laughs> Pinky Tuscadero on the back of yes. a motorcycle. Tuscadero. And he had the most famous thumbs up sign of all hey. time. That's the legendary hey. Henry Ranker. Winkler as Arthur the Fonz Fonzarelli. He was just in the building. By the way, this was the coolest MF on God's Green Earth. I'm telling you what, you couldn't tell eight-year-old me watching the reruns of Happy Days that the Fonz wasn't the man, and that is TJ's top five Woo! coolest TV characters Maybe of the all best time. grab bag to do. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Could sir. be. It's a high bar to clear, but that I think it just cleared it. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, sir. Appreciate you. And if we missed one, call us. 844 yeah. And people on YouTube Rich. will definitely let me know. So They will. <laughs> See, even you, Brockman, couldn't ups be upset with Crockett and Tubbs. You can't I break could it not, up. I couldn't. No, I Tom Dreesen, the comedian, coming up. See, I, I normally hate when he does, well, it's a top five, but I got like seven, seven people. Yeah. Yeah, was, that was well done. He gets very Although mad. Adam just immediately texted us, no Zach Morris. Well, here's Stop. a good right here. Zach Morris. Who are you taking off that Stop. list for Zach Morris? No Will Smith either. By the way, okay, there's Ew. a good point. See, I, as you guys know, I make a big list, yeah. and I chop them down. And okay. what I did is it's I kind process. of eliminated Trust all the, the high school and younger guys, because yeah. I could do like a right. Zach Morris, Theo Huxtable, they're on the list. Sure. Separate. Plus, He's, the 10-year ban also applies to the big-ass grab bag. <laughs> Bruce, Li Bruce Li Willis, Moonlighting. Oh, yeah. Is it too soon? That's a hard one. Is it too soon? Bruce, could you imagine if we did wait 10 years to put Will Smith back on? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's why the, the younger okay, got it. people were yeah. on else could, well, I mean, Bruce Willis, Moonlighting. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce, Willis, Bruce Willis and Moonlighting was, was pretty was, cool. Was but you the, can't, like, I mean. Hawkeye Pierce from Hawkeye MASH. Hawkeye Pierce. Yeah. And the one guy I almost had at number five, but I left Magnum, was uh, Captain James T. Kirk. Oh, Captain yeah. Kirk was as Which, cool. by the way, was always my favorite Kilborn lead-ins whenever he used oh. William Shatner Mr. in his lead-in. Mr. from... Uh, Mr. B.A. Baracus. B.A. Baracus. If I had a top 10, all these people were on it, yeah. but of course, I just had the five, so... Well, that five I'm, was perfect, still, though. Still, still I cannot yeah. argue. Venus Flytrap was an outstanding uh, yes. pull. Thank you. Yeah. It was always a fan. I mean, just that I, name alone. I wanted to be a radio Cause, DJ because of that show even more when I watched that show. Because you also thought Lonnie Anderson was working in the front office yes. as well. That's exactly why. And it, by the way, I could have put Johnny Fever <laughs> and Venus, but I know I was doing two already yeah. and I didn't want to hear it. But Johnny Fever is another one. He could have yeah. been.
yeah. on, on the top ten, yeah. on the top five list. So now. many cool characters, man. It's it was hard. It was hard. Bailey, by the way, was an underrated cast member of uh, WKRP. That's, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Jan Smith. Yeah, yes. Jan, Look, I'm just, uh, I, I'm <laughs> afflicted by this stuff. Uh, you could have gone Dr. Johnny Fever as well. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah, like I just said. I, but I didn't want to do the two again, so I left Crockett and Tubbs. Shout out to Fever. Crockett and Tubbs. Oh, were wait a Horatio, way, Horatio King. I was going to say MacGyver. Another mm. MacGyver was on the last MacGyver, ten. MacGyver? MacGyver made the final ten? Oh, Rockford, Jim Rockford. Oh. You One know of who the coolest of all time. I also had Lives Dan Tana. Dan uh, Tana from, uh, from uh, uh, Vegas. Vegas. Robert on my Yurik. 15. Yeah, like I said, this was a hard list to cut down, yeah, that's man. A, Tyrion Lannister? Tyrion? Uh, he, he he was on the internet list. I couldn't I know, put him I'm on the list. I'm looking at a list right no, now. No, he's on it. Oh, got it. Well done. Great, Thanks, great, great job. Great conversation. Nice.